Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and alongside Jared Kimber bringing you immediate reaction every time England play. Well, I mean, I'm just going to stop talking because there's so much action to get through today. Uh, 14 wickets, uh, plenty of incident, uh, a fumble here or there, some good bowling, some poor batting. It's uh, been an incredible day's play at Old Trafford and I'm pleased that me and Jared can talk to you about it. So, you know by now that England's somehow still in this contest, just 137 for eight Pakistan at stumps, 14 wickets falling in the day, only one of them in the morning session. How that even happened, I don't know. But essentially, England got to lunch, 159 for five, and then it was carnage all the way through. Bowled out for 219, all six wickets going the way of spin uh, for England. Uh, Yasir Shah taking four and uh, Shadab Khan taking two. England trailing by 107 runs. They looked out of it, but it's Pakistan and it's England. And so they're not just about ending up 137 for eight. So lead in excess of 240. Where's your money? Let's find out. Story of the day. So, Jared, story of the day. I mean, it's it's just been it's just been wicked. You Mm. know what? It reminded me for some reason. I remember Peter English. I do remember Peter English. He was the Australian editor of Crick Info. Right. So in 2010, I was out in Australia where we where we met. And um, it was at Adelaide. And I got really giddy with excitement when Australia were two for three in the English sense of two for three. And I remember just bounding up to Peter English. And he had uh, been there, seen it, done it kind of look on his face, didn't he? And actually, he kind of walked away from the game not that far afterwards. And I remember saying to him, you know, after all the years of watching cricket, you know, what, what is it that you still love about the game? And he just paused for a second, kind of looked into the middle distance, then fixed his eyes on me and just said, wickets. Well, he would have loved today, 14 of them. 
<laughs> is that the story of the day? Two teams that can't really bat very well, but can bowl very well. And the fact that they're both kind of still in it, although I do have a feeling this time tomorrow when Pakistan wrap up comfortable victory, we'll look back and realise that actually England weren't in it at all. I mean, it's such a bizarre day because Pope and Butler looked completely out of their depth. It's the first time I've looked at Pope and just been like, maybe he's not quite as good as I thought he was. And like he's still got on to make runs, so you've got to respect that. Um, but the bowling, to be fair, the bowling quality, and, and this is the problem with being a batsman in world cricket now. I saw someone today saying um, you've, you've got to, you can't judge Butler too, too harshly because of the era that um, you know, the bowlers he had the up against. And I'm like, well, that's almost every team has bowlers like that at the moment. And that was you know, incredible pressure that they kept on. I, do, I still don't know how Mohamed Amas didn't get a wicket. In, in, in that spell. It, it just, and also just that point where he just starts bowling big hooping outswingers as well, as if to go, in case you weren't aware, I actually have this skill. I can do this as well. I just don't, I just don't generally do it because I don't need to. So, yeah, I think the story of the day is that both teams have come in with weakened batting lineups and improved bowling attacks, although we can get to England's uh, improved bowling attack in a minute. Um, and uh, when it comes down to it, they're just very flawed teams with incredible bowling lineups. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, you only have to go through the misfields of England and then the run out of Assad Shafiq to be like, I mean, England, England could bowl out Pakistan for 140 and yet fielded dreadfully. Like the amount of balls that went straight through their fielders uh, and dropped catches and it, they were terrible. It's, it's it's fun. It's a fun farce, which the bet, generally farces gen, tend to be fun. I think as a rule, we mentioned the different tactics that the two teams employed. Was Dominic Bess a player that we both rate highly, but we are also aware is probably some way off the bowler he will one day become? Was he shown up a little bit today? Um, I'm not sure how highly I rate him. Um, I just, I think he's. A- I, I'm not. I'm not expecting him to turn into Murali, but <laughs> you know, for some, look, a lot of a lot of professional sport is about belief uh, and confidence, and of course, ability plays a big part. A big part in that. Don Bess is a young man. If he's allowed to play, um, he can become a a good off spinner for England. You know, look at Graham Swan where he was at Dominic Bess's age. Who knows where he could come? But at the, as things stand today. When you line him up against Yasser Shah, who of course is a completely different type of bowler, but is crucially at a different stage of his career, was that golf pronounced today in ways that maybe it hasn't been in the past? Uh, see, I wouldn't line him up against Yasser Shah. I'd line him up against Shadab Khan because they're both in the team um, as all-round talents, aren't they? Um, and Shadab Khan basically wasn't needed with the ball, but when he was, bowled really, really well. Um, uh, look, I, I don't know where I am with Dominic Best because he's not the first choice spinner at his county side. Mm. Uh, I think this whole idea that he can be an all-rounder, unless they think averaging 17 in test cricket, I think he averages 25, 26 at the moment. Uh, I, you know, I don't think that's going to keep up. Um, they seem to, they seem to like his, I don't know, what's the word? Schutzpa? I mean, yeah. they, they kind of seem to like his energy. I've seen people say things like that. Um, I talked to um, Oliver Brady, who used to work for the BBC, and he's like, don't you just think he's got something about him? And I was like, I just think Jack Leach is a better bowler. I, I, I don't know what, what Jack Leach had to do. Um, uh, yeah, look, it's an interesting one. 
I think, though, when it comes down to it, that's, you know, again, we're talking about the bowlers, uh, you know, a potential bowler being the problem, whereas I think you can look quite closely at both of these teams and uh, suggest that bowling is not the problem for either team. I, mean, I don't think Dominic Best is a, is a, is a poor bowler by, by any means. It just happens to be that I think there are better options and not sure they, you know, uh, they needed to go with him. But when it comes down to it, yeah, bowling ain't the problem here. Moment of the day. Well, there were there were so many moments of today. I think no, there's only one. What Joss Butler missing those buys? <laughs> <laughs> there's one moment of the day. There is Ben Stokes, who England had selected their entire team around the fact he wasn't going to bowl, which meant they have weakened their batting lineup. And then Ben Stokes bowls, and he doesn't look fully fit to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm projecting. Uh, who knows? Uh, and then he takes a wicket. It's all its all to play for. He is, and I've said this before, Jason Holder might be a better cricketer at the moment, but because of the role that Ben Stokes plays, he is the, the player who could transform his team the most out on the field. I just think they would have taken those wickets even if he had to have come on. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, I thought it was a huge risk, but again, Ben Stokes, cometh the man, cometh the hour, all of those cliches, uh, picks up the wickets and uh, does what he does. That's the moment of the day. Everything else you're going to say after I finish talking is wrong. Except for Ben Stokes' drop, which was also potentially the moment of the day. I was just about to mention Ben Stokes' drop. I mean, where do you start with all the other moments um, today? (laughs) Uh, There was Joss Butler's dismissal and Shane Warne's refusal to... Blame him for missing a straight one. <laughs> there was the, the rejuvenation, continued rejuvenation of Stuart Broad. He came in and just smashed it around. Um, and then when Pakistan batted, there was Shan Masood. I mean, that is cricket in a nutshell, isn't it? You know, he had he was a bit chancy in his first innings, but went on to smash 156 and then he's caught down the leg side for a duck. I mean, that is cricket in an absolute nutshell. What was our bid? Arlie doing, by the way, trying to take on Don Bess in his first over on the sweep and just smashing it straight to Chris Wokes. I, I, I think that that was actually much better bowling. I almost, I almost have that as my ball of the day. I don't, so we're okay. But I almost had that as my ball of the day just because I think it, if there's anything to like about Don Bess, it's that he, I, I think he has some technical flaws perhaps. And uh, I'm not sure that he understands his game well enough to be a frontline spin uh, at test level, but he is a very good thinker. And I actually thought he th- outthought Abid Ali at that point. But yeah, I don't know why he was playing that shot. Um, there was a good tweet as well about going back to the Ben Stokes drop catch. And this is a problem with back to back to back to back to back to back to back test matches. If you are your star all rounder, is your star all rounder. He's going to be tired. We had this problem a few years ago, didn't we? When England just kept dropping catches. And uh, some people believe it's lack of training. Some people believe it's confidence. Some people, like I believe, it's just tiredness. If you are on the field as batsman bowler for seven hours a day playing test cricket, when is the time that your brain's going to switch off? It's going to be when you're fielding, surely. And, uh, you know, it's not the first time that Ben Stokes has dropped a catch. As Dave Tickner on Twitter said, he's not a great catcher. He's a taker of great catches. I think that summed it up pretty well. He's a very interesting sort of fielder because he basically, because of his athleticism, gives you a sort of fielder and a half. 
right? And there aren't many guys in, in the history of the game. Ricky Ponting was probably another one who do that because they can move to... Ross Taylor was a brilliant subfielder. Ross Taylor didn't move. Mark Taylor was a brilliant subfielder. Whereas Mark War could stretch the, the slips out the way Andrew Strauss could as well. So he actually does give you more protection in the slips. But I think it's quite clear. And I think we might have done something on talk sport during the South African series. His, his catch percentage, and I think uh, Roots as well, they're both below average, I think, for subfielders. Um, I, I always wonder if New Zealand and England subfielders have a lower catch percentage just because they have more options. They just come to them more often. Um, but, yeah, he's not catching them, is he? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Shot of the day. Abid Ali. I mean, he doesn't look like a man who's ever going to play shot of the day. And you can probably argue that I'm wrong here. But he played a back foot drive off Jimmy Anderson where it's like if you ended his career now, he'd be telling his grandkids about that for the rest he would be get, taking them through Jimmy Anderson's record. The fact it was in England, in Manchester, you know, the Jimmy Anderson end. I don't think it was a Jimmy Anderson end, but in his story, it would be the Jimmy Anderson end. And he just punched it perfectly. And what I liked is it looked like a cricketer who wasn't that, who isn't, he doesn't look like Baba Raza, for instance. He looks like a cricketer getting the most out of himself. I, I'll put it this way. I think this is the nicest thing I can say. It was like a Chris Rogers or Paul Collingwood shot. Where like it, you, you need to have played first class cricket for ten years to get to a level where you could play that shot when you're not the most talented player ever. Um, that said, um, Mohammed Rizwan, who I really like, and I, um, I I was a bit annoyed when he went out because I thought he could he could do some really interesting things in that innings. 
a really good first-class record, very similar to a first-class record of Ben Folks. The straight drive he played uh, was quite good. He's got that great busy keeper energy, but not in the sort of madcap way that Safraz Ahmed had it, like in a, in, just in a really good, I'm going to get stuff done. It's a really good straight drive. So those are my uh, shots of the day. Ball of the day. Well, there's an obvious contender. It was the ball that dismissed Ollie Pope. Um, you talked about his reaction yesterday when the first ball that Nassim Shah, and Nassim Shah being the bowler today, um, bowled that delivery, which just cut away from him. And he kind of looked and thought, well, um, how do I play that? He had the same kind of look. It was a length delivery and it just reared up, um, took the glove and, you know, it was nearly dropped at Gully because I think the fielder was surprised as well. Shadab Khan, I think it was. Um, yeah, Nassim Shah, for me, I just love watching him bowl. I, I can't always work out what he's trying to do. Uh, I think, <laughs> you know, I, they keep talking about he keeps bowling it into the pitch. He's He is essentially wanging it down there. And the ball mm. is just doing whatever the ball's doing. I'm not sure he knows exactly what he's trying to do at times himself. But boy, oh boy. He's gonna he's gonna take some serious wickets in this series. One for forty four is not reflective of how he bowled in that innings. No, I mean to be fair, I think all three seamers probably deserve better figures than they got. It's it's kind of funny in the end that Yassir Shah took all the wickets uh, because I thought Yassir Shah bowled well, but the, the, I mean we talked about it already. That first session, um, how Josh Butler survived through that first session. I mean, how anyone did. I, Chris Wokes was it was ridiculous. Um, I mean, you're never going to see a better case of he ain't a number seven um, than that. And I, you know, it's, it's ridiculous situation. And this is when you know this idea that you could stretch the batting lineup uh, against the bowling lineup like Pakistan is just it's nonsensical. But I thought they bowled brilliantly, and certainly, um, Na- and Nassim Shah did. I mean, Mohammad Abbas bowled an, a wobble seam leg cutter to Josh Butler. It was it, it was wrong. It was just wrong. Um, and, uh, yeah, I thought they bowled great. I, also, I think that, you know, some of Yassir Shah's wickets deserve to be mentioned. I thought the way he got rid of Butler was brilliant. Uh, Warren was talking about natural variation. I don't think it was natural variation. I hate to correct Shane Warren on leg spin, but I, I think he just took the revs off that ball a little bit looking at the uh, replay. And, in fact, in one stage, Warren seemed to say that before going back and saying it was natural variation. Um, and the wicket of... Um, uh, that, that took off off the pitch as well from Yassir Shah. There were some good wickets today, weren't there? Mm. There were some good wickets today. There were some good wickets yesterday. Do you know what? I don't think we even mentioned the uh, the Mohammed Abbas off-cutter, which dismissed Dominic Sibley, which he missed by probably about eight or nine inches um, and then reviewed it, which even though Joe Root did seem to be saying, whatever you do, Dominic, do not review that. Talking about all the good balls, I do do want to make a special mention of Azhar Ali, who obviously at one stage had worked himself up to be one of the best batsmen in the world and has now worked himself back down. <laughs> I mean, he, he was he, a bit like Steve Smith. He's a leg spinner who made it as a batsman. I think he should take up leg spinner again because I'm not sure the batting's <laughs> working for him. He missed a straight half volley. That, like, and the thing is, I don't know if you saw, so Sky kept saying, uh, he's got this problem with his head and he falls over and he misses the straight ones. And they're right. They're 100% right. So I looked up his record and he averages eight when the ball is on a length outside of stump. Where's his straights, John? <laughs> where, it's not where do you bowl to him. It's where don't you bowl to him at this point. You'd be confused as a bowler. Like if you're an analyst, you literally have to say, just 
pick one or the other. Don't go for both. Just <laughs> pick one or the other. It's ridiculous. I feel so sorry for him because I don't, you know, people with short memories, but he can bat. He was an incredible player. I saw him in Australia and in England bat incredibly. He missed the straight half volley. You shouldn't even be able to appeal for those balls. Lol of the day. It feels like that was well, the whole day. Should I, should, have I gone too early? I haven't gone too early because Asad Shafiq ran himself out in such a fourth innings, we're going to lose this game way, despite the fact it was the third innings of just like, I'm going to hit the ball roughly to the right hand of this fielder. I'm, so in the, my kids have been sort of coming in and out during these tests because, you know, they're at home and stuck with us. So they have to watch some cricket. And I've been teaching them things. And one thing I teach them in the backyard is... One of my boys is left-handed and my other boy hits the ball straight to his left hand and runs. And I say, I say to him over and over again, hit it to his right-handed run. And if you don't know, then you hit it to their left hand and run. I said, Shafiq, hit the ball to a right hand of an international fielder and run. Why would you do that? I don't understand. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, Joss Butler's... Uh... He let four overthrows go in the first over of Pakistan's innings, didn't he? And it's just getting to that point where, you know, it was it was kind of funny, obviously, but it was just after Sky, completely straight-faced, had done a little package on how brilliant yeah. Mohamed Rizwan and his keeping had been. And they showed Shane Dowrich getting slapped in the face and they didn't even mention Butler. Um, and then that happened. That was a little bit of a lull. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Rizwan did, did miss one as well, but it, the one that Rizwan missed, it was poor, but he had taken so many incredible takes to that point that you're just like, oh, that's fair. And there was another one too where there was a, the court behind, it looked like there was an edge on the inside edge that um, England went up for. It went straight into his gloves and he just clanged it. I mean, yeah, in basketball, we call it a brick. Um, you know, you it really needed symbol sound effects at the end, and you just like, oh, one once it and and it doesn't matter if it's Azza Ali or Joss Butler. Once it gets to that point, you just like every time they cut to one of those guys. I remember mm. they cut to the the change room after Azza Ali was out, and Sean Masood had just made it dark. Sean Masood's on the on the on the on the outside of the balcony laughing and you know getting along. This is before the manger collapse happened. To be fair. And behind him, Azza Ali just looked bereft. And you're just like, oh, boy. And you do feel for these people. There is nowhere to hide. The camera is going to find Joss Butler and Azza Ali. And uh, all the, that's just what it does. And it, look, it's part of the theatre of the game. Um, it's just sometimes uh, you don't want to be the punchline. Most of the times you don't want to be the punchline. It's very rare you want to be the punchline, John. Anodyne press conference moment of the day. Anodyne press conference moment of the day. Step forward, England's star all-rounder, batting number seven guru with an average of 25, Chris Wokes. You know, we know we had to, to get out there and, and put in a good performance with the ball to have any sort of chance of, of chasing down a score in the fourth innings. You know, I think we, we couldn't have bowled much better, really, in terms of getting the mate down. Obviously, you know, really important that we get too, too cheaply in the morning at some point, but, you know, from from as far as the session could go, we're you know really pleased with how it went. What is going to happen tomorrow? What did we say was going to happen on day f- three 
I believe we said that I think we were quite accurate in what happened with England. Um, I th- didn't we say? Or I, I can't remember. I'm pretty because I'm, I'm now confused because of your wickets thing from the other day. But I said I thought they'd be one early wicket, and then they might be able to plod through. I, because I thought the pitch was good, and I think that that kind of held up. It's just that Pakistan bowled incredible, but England did. If the pitch was any more helpful, I don't think there's no way they wouldn't have lost four wickets before lunch. But I think it had flattened out just a little bit at that point. And I think it was a good time to bat. But Pakistan were just so brilliant with the ball that it it didn't matter. Yeah, I, I think we were kind of accurate with our summar, summary of how England would go. Um, and we thought Pakistan would lose wickets, just not eight of them. So what's going to happen on day four? <laughs> um, comfortable Pakistan victory, I, I, I am expecting. The quality of that attack and the fact that just watching Pakistan bat, it will take an incredible effort from Root, Stokes, Pope, um, you would assume, or, or, or the openers get them off to a great start. But I would assume it's probably going to be one of the three sort of stronger batsmen that's going to have to do something quite special. I just think that Pakistan are going to keep chipping away. Um, we talked about a lot the, the amount of pressure that West Indies put on England uh, with the ball. Uh, so far, Pakistan in one innings have been way above that level. And that's not downplaying West Indies, who I thought bowled incredibly. But West Indies didn't have Yassir Shah when it went flat. And, and Shadab Khan when it got even flatter. Like, you know, uh, all credit to Roston Chase and to the way he bowled and, and Rakim for a couple of his deliveries. But it's not the same level. Um, so with that in mind, it's a 250 is an incredible chase on the, uh, you know, considering that we haven't, other than Shah Massoud, who, as you said, was dropped or missed twice. Um, no one has really conquered batting on this pitch, I don't think. I, I don't think anyone's been that comfortable. Oli Pope had a little while, and, Sh- and Sham, once he was well set, had a little, had a little oh, a longer period. But it's not easy to bat on. Uh, but England should have the batsman required. to Because it is such a low chase, a couple of things can go right for you. I think you have a chance, but I just think the pressure should get to them. But it should be fun. Oh, I think it'll be fun. It'll be a Peter English day for sure. Um, the problem for England <laughs> is that Dominic Sibley doesn't score very fast. But I suppose if you're being optimistic, they knock over Pakistan's last two quite quickly. I think that will probably happen. Dominic Sibley and Rory Burns just get through the first 20 overs. doesn't really matter about runs. At least they've got the platform. The new ball's gone. But, you know, you are looking... Uh, either one batsman pulling out a Mark Butcher um, and then a couple of others, you know, going around him or three batsmen scoring 50s and 60s. And when you look at that scorecard, well, <laughs> only Sean Massoud, Babar Azam and Oli Pope have gone past 50 in the match. So I think it's very difficult. The other thing is when you look at a... Um, a scorecard which has f- first innings 300 plus, second innings 200 plus, third innings 100, 100 plus. That's only going in one direction. It's yeah. very, very rare for a scorecard to then suddenly bump up in fourth innings. So I'm tipping Pakistan to win. Um, and there, there's going to be some big decisions to be made about uh, the likes of Bess and Butler, I, f- I feel, and maybe even Anderson. But you know what, Jared? That is a topic for another day. Thanks for your time. We'll be back after day four. On the following on podcast, you can listen on Acast, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.
The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.